Good morning, everyone. My name is Alvin. If you're here for the first time, I serve as lead pastor here at the church. And uh, it is an honor. It's a privilege. It's hard work, but it's, it's a labor of love. And I just would, ra I would rather do nothing else um, but to do this. And happy to say that. I can sincerely say that. And um, that's, a, that's a blessing. So I want to thank you all for being an awesome church. You're a privilege. You're a pleasure, I should say, to, to pastor, and uh, I want to honor our founding pastors, my parents, um, being great parents and great pastors and still just great leaders in my life, so thank you. Um, we've got some great people here. This is a, a great turnout. Everyone looks good. Everyone looks awake. How, how have you guys been adjusting to this morning church? Y'all okay? Y'all okay? It's changed my Saturday nights a lot. For those of you who don't know, we used to start at 2 p.m. For nine years, we started at 2 p.m. And in December, we started these morning services. And I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, we also have the Malinis here, great family friends of ours, basically family, awesome pastors and leaders and singers. Uh, man. I'm honored to have y'all. I'm a little nervous, but <laughs> whenever pastors get here, I'm always like, oh, man, oh, man, Lord, let me, let me preach it correctly. Um, but anyway, thank y'all for being here. Uh, let's see. We got some cool things on the horizon. We're kind of kicking the year off. Obviously, our 21-day fast was a great way to start the year. Um, we break at 6. I, I'm, I can't tell you how happy I am. Um, about that. I had my last brown rice and fake meat dish yesterday, and it is time for some, some beef and some chicken. Thank you, God. Um, but uh, we got some cool things coming. Obviously, we got the marriage conference coming that my parents are going to be uh, in Texas. It's going to be a virtual conference, unless you actually want to fly there and go to it in person. Uh, we have Baptism, I'm so excited for water baptisms. Um, we will be having that on the 20th, so please sign up. If And really, you know, baptism is, I think, primarily an act of obedience. Really, I think that's the key word I would like to promote for baptism. Uh, Jesus said to do it, so let's just be obedient Christians and do it. Um, even if we don't necessarily feel inspired, let's just go for it and trust God that if you're obedient, you will be blessed. So please sign up for this. Uh, on the 19th, the day before baptism, February 19th, we are having our first interest meeting for our international missions trip to Kenya. We're going to Nairobi, Kenya and uh, in October, and we're going to be able to share a lot of information of what we're doing, how to raise money for it, what the exact dates are. So we'll be here in this room February the 19th for anyone who is interested in going to Kenya with us. Um, the church. And then lastly, I've got some good news, really exciting news. Um, any beautiful Tension fans in the room? Yeah? Well, one half, well, not one half, one part of beautiful Tension. Well, one is Bradley, who we love, Bradley. But another one is our youth director, Brandon Roderman. 
And I've been calling him MVP since we moved into this space. Brandon has just been a man of all seasons. He's, he's worn various hats, and he's just been a huge blessing. But Brandon is taking the next step with the band, and it's going to be such a strong step that he will not be serving on full-time staff at Nashville Life. And I just wanted to honor him for what he has done, what he, where you've taken the youth department, pep talk. Come on up, Brandon. Come on up. Now, I do want to make it clear that he will still be heading up and, and working very closely with the pep talk team. So pep talk. Don't, don't get too sad because he'll still be around. We'll be the most sad, the staff, because we, we're the ones that, that see him every day at the office. But his presence will still be strong in Pep Talk, and we are actually passing the torch to my parents. My parents, our founding pastors, will be overseeing the, the youth department, working with Brandon. Working with Brandon, working with the team, working with the teenage uh, parents of the teenagers. So... If you have a teen at Nashville Life, you will be hearing and seeing more from uh, our founding pastors. But I did want to honor someone who has served so faithfully, with so much integrity. And they just released an album, and it's really good. Tell us about it and address your church. Well, thank you. Um, I, I want to definitely uh, honor you, Pastor Alvin, and our founding pastors, and the whole staff that I've gotten to work with. Um, you guys have been such a blessing to me. This season has been a blessing, and I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to have grown and stretched. Like you said, it wasn't all easy, but it was very rewarding, and we we're seeing the fruit of it. Um, last night, we had a pep talk event where 16 of our students were there. It was fun. We had a blast. If you don't follow the pep talk Instagram, you should because there's a cool video there. Um, but, yeah, so I just wanted to affirm that and say how thankful I have been for this season. It's a new chapter, but I love this church. I love my church. I love my pastors. And I'm for uh, this church and for the ministry. For the music, you can check out our new record. It's called Hold the Future. And you will hear some familiar voices. There are a few Nashville Life members that have done some features, um, including Shonda. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited about that. You can check it out wherever music is streamed. And, um, yeah, so I love you guys. Thank you, Brandon. Awesome. Awesome. All right, well, let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. Uh, before we get into it, let's just say this declaration together. Say, uh, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, I'm going to give a quick recap. We introduced a theme for 2022, and it's called uh, Withstanding the Wind. Withstanding the Wind is the theme for the whole year. And I, uh, it's inspired by a passage in Matthew chapter 3, verse 12. And it's a scripture where John the Baptist, who came before Jesus, kind of prepared the way for Jesus. And he's talking about this Jesus that's to come. And this is how John describes Jesus. He says in verse 12, his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. 
Uh, the winnowing fan that he's referring to is a tool that's used when you're harvesting wheat. And the wind that blows during this process serves a very special purpose. It separates the wheat, the part that we eat, from the chaff, the part that we don't. And only the wheat is gathered for future use, and the chaff is blown away and uh, ultimately burned, according to the scripture. Uh, the metaphor that John is using lets us know that Jesus is allowing winds to blow and separate what belongs to him from what doesn't. The wind, I believe, serves as the ultimate test of what Jesus' harvest really is and who they really are. If we are chaff, then we're easily blown away. Chaff is very light, and the slightest of wind can just blow it away from the harvest. On the contrary, grain has a built-in quality that's able to withstand the wind. There's a weight to grain that when it has the winnowing wind, when that process happens, it's able to withstand and still remain in the harvest. So this church, our year is training us and building us up to, to be able to withstand the wind of this process. There are many winds that blow. Some of the winds are winds that 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 Satan is actually bringing into our lives. Other winds are just circumstances of life. But if we are the church, and as the grain that is, and as the wheat that the Lord is harvesting, we must know that the winds come, but if we are with Jesus, if we are truly his, and if he is living in our hearts, and if we are really the sheep of his pasture and listening to his voice, we can have confidence in the worst of winds, knowing that we can remain, we will stand, because if you are wheat, you will not blow away. I promise you. I promise you. So let's, so let's continue to build that confidence in us of truly being the harvest of Jesus and, and, and being able to withstand the wind. During the year of January, I mean, not the year, the year of 2022, every month I'm covering a different wind that I believe Scripture shows is blowing, a wind that, that can really ch challenge the believer um, but can also test and build the faith of the believer. And the wind that I've been talking about all this month is what I'm calling the winds of abandonment. The winds of, I believe that this is a, a trend that has been really challenging humanity since the beginning. Since the beginning of humanity, there's just been this, this spirit, this logic, this, this reasoning that's, that convinces people that it's best to abandon their calling, abandon their commitments. People are abandoning the vows that they gave to their spouse before God. People are abandoning their families. People are abandoning their purpose and their passions. And, and people are just checking out. People are actually abandoning their lives. We're hearing about people che literally checking out, kill, taking their own lives. And, and it's so important that we as believers um, to not be afraid of this wind, but to not also be ignorant of this wind. We must understand that when those, when those voices come into our ears telling us to, to, to not remain faithful, whether to our marriage or to our family or to, to, to our commitments, we must understand that as people of Christ, as people of Jesus, we are meant to withstand that wind and still remain faithful, even when all, every bone in your body is saying to check out or to bow out or to disappear. And it's just, it's really prevalent, but, but I'm encouraged because 
The scripture doesn't say that only the chaff experiences the wind. When the winnowing process is happening, the wheat feel the wind too, and it challenges us, but it's one thing to be challenged. It's another thing to be totally blown away. So if you're challenged by this voice, that's okay, as long as you don't give in to that voice or give in to this wind and remain firm. And we're going to talk about how to do that today. The, the uh, purpose and the calling that I've been sharing that Adam and Eve abandoned back in Genesis was the, the purpose and the position of being managers and stewards of what God had created. God gave Adam and Eve, and honestly all of humanity, an assignment to steward what he has created on earth and to multiply it. And Adam and Eve, because of this, this wind of abandonment, because of the voice of the serpent, this logic that we always fight, uh, was they were convinced to abandon this purpose and to abandon this relationship with God. So much to where God actually asked them, where are you? It's so important to understand that it's the Lord that's asking where we are. You know, the narrative sometimes that the enemy wants to bring is that we're going, God, where are you? But I actually think if you look at the word, the narrative is totally the opposite. God is looking for us. He's wanting us to draw nearer to him. He's, he's longing for us. And I believe that this is a church that's longing for him, which is why, which is why this is a, a great thing that we've got here. Um, I talked about being a steward and a manager regarding three areas of our lives, our time, our talent, and our treasure. We talked about Jesus saying that we must redeem, make the most of the time that we have on this earth. We've been given a limited amount of time on earth to, to steward. And the cra crazy thing about time is we don't really know how much time we've been given. So because of that, we have to make the most of the time that we have. And the way that we do that specifically is not just by, you know, sometimes making the most of the time and, and really living it up can look a lot different compared to who you are. For some people, living it up is taking as many vacations as you can. For some people, living up is partying as hard as you can. For the Christian, living it up is doing the work of God as much as we can while we still can. Jesus said that the sun is still up spiritually. And when the sun sets, when it's no longer day, no one can do the work of God anymore. So Jesus urges his followers to do as much of the work of God as possible with the limited time that you've been entrusted with. We learn that talent is meant to be multiplied. And the way that you multiply your talent is by serving other people, imparting your heart of service into others and trusting that as you serve other people with the talents that you've been given, that talent will multiply. That heart of, of service will multiply. And we will see more people serving others with the gifts that God has given them. And then, of course, last week we talked about treasure. And the biblical way to steward your treasure is to tithe and to give your offerings, to, to serve and give to the house of the Lord. The Lord said that we had been robbing him in Malachi, and the people were really freaked out by that term because they're like, how have we been robbing God? He goes, by not giving your tithes and offerings, you've been robbing me. And it's a newsflash to a lot of us. And yeah, I can even feel it while I was preaching last week. Many of us just don't associate not giving tithes as robbery. And uh, the Lord makes it very clear that what we call not giving is a lot more proactive than, than what we like to think of it. So the way that we treasure is by sowing into the kingdom of God, really giving the Lord what belongs to him, and then being generous and with, 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 our, with our treasure regarding the local church, regarding the community, 
And uh, that is the three things that we've been talking about stewarding. I want to end this Winds of Abandonment series talking about something that I believe that there has been a lot of abandonment regarding. And I want to talk about it because it's something that's very dear to my heart. And I believe it's something that's very dear to your heart because you're here. And that is abandoning the church. Um, we must address the, the forsaking of the assembly. Um, the Lord says to not forsake the house of God. And it's important for us to know that he does command us to not do this, but also why. I, I try my best to share the why behind the commandment because um, even if you do do it, it's better to do it with an understanding so that you're just, it's not just like a hollow situation where you're just doing it to do it because the, the house of God has great significant purpose. And when we dig into it a little bit today, um, I believe we're going to understand why it's important to not forsake. Uh, the word forsake is another word of abandon. So we even see, even in the Bible days, even in the times of these scriptures being written, people were still fighting this, this wind of abandoning the things that God has called us to. And one of those things is the house of God. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 22 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true a heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And I'm starting with this scripture because I want us to have a little backstory on the house of God. The reason why we even have a thing called the house of God is because God really does love people. It has always been God's desire. Ever since Adam and Eve sort of divorced him in, in, in the Garden of Eden and they separated, he has been longing to get back to a close relationship with us. Um, God is very different than us to where when he is hurt by us, he still wants things to work out. He doesn't say, forget y'all, I'm done. He goes, I still want y'all back. I want you guys back. And that's been his heart the whole time. He wants us back. And if you look at the Old Testament all the way to now, you've seen this, this mission of God to be close with us again. And he's, uh, but he has this dilemma. There's been this dilemma, this major issue. It's a small word, but a big problem. And that is sin. God is holy He's spotless. He's without sin. He can't even be contaminated by sin. And then you've got us, and we're full of it, and he wants us to be with him, but we've got this barrier called sin, and it's been an issue the whole time. It's been the one thing that's standing in between us and our Father. So you see these efforts of, of God attempting to be with us and trying uh, to be amongst us even with this issue called sin. So that you would see things like the temple 
or things of the tent where that God would dwell. And the, the house of God would be a place where it was set apart and made holy. They tried their best to really make it something that was set apart, again, because God is holy. We're in sin. It's a place of prayer. It was a place of worship. It was a place of continual fragrance and sacrifice to God. They would offer incense and sacrifices lifting up to God. It was a place to, to store his treasury. It's where they gave, you know, the tithes and, and the offerings and the, 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 the monetary gifts and the ability to be able to provide for the people. And then it was also a dwelling place for God. And what happened is everybody in town would come to the house of God to encounter God. But it was limited. Everyone say limited access because of this thing called sin. Not because God was didn't like us, but just by nature, we were like oil and water. It was it was it couldn't mix because sin and holiness don't mix. Once holiness gets even one spot on it, it's no longer holy. Like one spot, not even a whole bunch of spots, one spot, holiness is no longer holy. So we had this barrier, it was a veil that stood in between God and the people. And though they could come to God somewhat, they still couldn't really get to the intimate part of God because of their sin. And this scripture is letting us know that I just read in Hebrews 10 that, that there is a, uh, let's read it again. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holy, holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil. The veil was the barrier in between the congregation and God. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, the Bible says that through the cross when he shed his blood and when he rose from the grave, the veil was torn. So there was no longer this limited access that used to exist before Jesus. Because of Jesus, that veil doesn't exist anymore. Through Jesus, we can actually access in the house of God, not just limited access, but full access to God through his spirit because of this veil being torn by Jesus. And I preface my next point with that because I want us to understand that it is not a chore, but a privilege to come to the house of God with full access. It's been many, many years since this limited access thing changed, and oftentimes we can just forget how privileged we are. I can guarantee you if the saints of old, if the believers before Jesus, if Israel saw what we have, if we gave them the microphone, they would, they would, school, they would let us have it. Because we don't realize just how simply, how simply incredible it is that we get to access God like this. There's no veil here. There was no velvet robe that said, oh, you have sin. You can't get past here. Imagine if that was the case. That was the way it used to be. But because of Jesus, I don't, you could literally have liquor on your breath at this moment. And still come into the Holy of Holies, not because you are perfect, not because you are without sin, but because Jesus has torn the veil. There are people here who have done shameful things even hours ago, and you still have full access because this veil has been torn. I don't think we understand how huge of a deal is, and I know I'm guilty of it too. We are taking the full access to God in his house for, for granted. I, I just sense it. We, we've gotten so used to it. And, I, and this is, I didn't even know I was going to preach on this, 
But the past few weeks when I pray, I've just been, whenever, you know, you, you start with praying, asking God for, you know, no, no, thanking God, thanking God. And I've been doing this thing now where I've been thanking God for access. And I've been saying it so much. I'm like, why am I still, I, I'll just spend five minutes on just still thanking God. The past few times I pray, I'm always going to thank you for access. And then I think about this, I'm like the Holy Spirit is really reviving this, this awareness that, guys, there was, there was a time where people of faith didn't have full access to God. But Jesus tore the veil, and now we can come together freely like this in the Holy of Holies, in God's presence, without any veil in between us and him. So I want us to enter this next scripture with, with a sense of gratitude and privilege. The next verse, 25, says, uh, let's see. There we go. Verse 9, sorry, 19, 19. So then, this is a continuation of what I just read. Are you all still with me? Okay. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We are no longer strangers and aliens, but we are now fellow citizens with the saints and we're members of the household. Everyone say household. Household of God built on the foundation. Sorry. My bad, guys. I'm getting excited. Oh, sweet. Verse 23. I am so sorry. That's coming, though. That, that household one is coming. It's still a part of the message. Uh, verse 23. Let's go. Let us hold fast with the confession of our hope without wavering. So that wavering, again, there's that word because the winds of abandonment can cause us to really sway from our commitment and our faith in Jesus. And the Lord says, we've got to hold tight. I remember one time uh, when Shannon was on staff, she used to cry laughing because one time we were just really feeling a lot of, there was just a lot of attacks happening at the church. And I, I said, I said, man, I feel like I'm holding on to a tree in the middle of a tornado. And I just had this vision of like me horizontal, holding on to a tree because the winds were just so strong. And I'm like, I feel like it's taking all the effort I have just to hold on to something that's solid and not blow away with everybody else. And that image is literally like what I see right here. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering because it's windy out here. A loose grip will not cut it, I promise you. A, a, tender, a tender grip you will not last. The times are too stormy for a loose, wimpy grip on Jesus. We have got to have a gritty, fast hold on Jesus if we're going to withstand the winds of our time. I promise you that. that is, there's a few things I can say confidently, and I can say without a strong, fast grip on our confession of hope, we will waver. For he who promises faithful... And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Here we go. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. So the wind is happening. A lot of people are, a lot of people are abandoning the assembly. And it was even happening in Hebrews. So you know what's happening in 2022. Basically, a lot of people are forsaking the assembly, but even though they're doing it, don't you do it. That's what Hebrews is telling us. 
not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in a manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I notice that forsaking the assembly is written as an alternative to considering one another. It says we must consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves. So I truly believe that it's inconsiderate to forsake the assembly. And here's why. The purpose of the assembly is to stir each other up. If you believe that the purpose of church is to stir you up, then you just feel like if you're missing church, you're the only one who, this is my problem. Like, I'm the only person who's suffering. But what if I told you that other people are suffering when you don't come to church? I know what it's like to go through times where I'm taking a hit or I'm suffering. And if it's me, like we have a, we have a, I've noticed that human beings, we have a higher capacity for, for our suffering. And like when we think that we're the only ones suffering, that's why people like self-sabotage and even hurt themselves because it's like, well, it's me. I'm not hurting anybody else. You know, so many times, even in our narrative today, you hear people, when they're defending certain things that the Bible calls sin, that we don't call sin. We go, we're not hurting anybody. Even in the world, even non-Christians live by a standard with, as long as I'm not hurting anybody, I'm doing okay. But what if I told you that when you're not at the assembly, you're hurting people? Because the Bible says that when we come together, we are called to spur each other on and encourage each other. So you actually have a role in here more than just hearing me preach. You have a role here more than just being touched by God by the worship team. You actually have a role here that you have an assignment to encourage the person next to you. Because it's hard out here. Let me tell you, it is hard out here. And Christians, even with the Holy Spirit, we cannot make it without the encouragement of each other. We need courage. We have discouraging things happening in our lives every day, multiple times a day. There are opportunities for discouragement. And I just think it's important for us to know that the purpose of the assembly is for not for just you to get stirred up for your Monday, but for you to stir somebody else up for their Monday. And that's what happens when we come together. So the Lord says, and through Hebrews, don't forsake this, but instead exhort one another. Exhort means to encourage strongly with force and passion. That's what this time is supposed to be. And so much the more as you see the day coming. So the closer, basically, this is only supposed to increase. As the more we see that Jesus is coming, the sooner we get to the day of Jesus returning, the more the church will need to encourage each other, basically. The closer we get to the returning of Jesus, the more necessary it's going to be for us to be here for each other. Let me talk really quickly about the word assembly and then meeting in church because I think in our modern day, we've gotten really liberal with how we define uh, what is the assembly. Human beings, we're kind of a piece of work. And we have this way of really finding the loopholes and the way around it and technicalities and, well, then what is the assembly, you know? I mean, it's me, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That sounds like an assembly to me. Like, 
Like, we, we have ways of really getting liberal with what we call church. I talked to my aunt yesterday, and she's a Christian. That's church. I mean, this is how we, this is how we justify not being here. Talk to someone who doesn't come to church as a Christian, and you will hear things like this. I, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's these ideas that any, you know, Lord knows we use where two or three are gathered. Man, oh, man, we love that one. It's three of us here. That's church. We're a piece of work, guys. We're a piece of work. But God loves us, and he is letting us know that certain things that we're using to replace the assembly won't cut it. And let me explain it. The amplified version of that same verse I read. I love when you kind of want to just get even further into the meaning of words. It's, it's a wordy version, but it helps. Um, it says, not forsaking our meeting together. In the parentheses, it says, as believers for worship and instruction. The assembly that the Lord is telling us not to forsake is not just the assembly of worship, not just the assembly of prayer, not just the assembly of discussions about scripture, but it has worship and instruction. If you hear someone's alternative idea of what the assembly is for them, you will notice that often it misses this element about instruction. And when I bring up instruction because instruction is, comes from a very, uh, very important word, very controversial word, especially in our nation, but uh, a word that we must accept as Christians, and that is spiritual authority. Um, if you hear Christians who, who don't come to, to church and you hear their alternatives nine times out of ten, if not all ten, their situation that they're describing is void of this. And I think we underestimate as Christians how essential, first of all, the God that saved us, God is an authority figure. I've never met so many professing Christians with authority complexes. And it's, it's amazing because I, I, I get why. Because whether a father situation or a bad boss or a bad leader, a bad pastor, you know, whatever, we, we have wounds here. Um, and those wounds are real, but those wounds cannot take precedent over the essential nature of God as your authority. And it's so important for us to understand that that element is the reason why many of us um, don't grow as healthily as we should. Because growth without authority is dysfunctional and really non-existent. Um, as Christians, we don't have the right to redefine church. Um, I've talked about the ownership versus managers and stewards, right? And human beings want to take ownership over things that God has called us to steward. We don't own the church. We don't own the house of God. We don't own this concept of the assembly. 
we don't have the right to redefine it. No matter how sweet we think our ideas are, we have to go by what's been laid for us. Now I'm at the scripture, Ephesians 2, 19 through 20. Ephesians 2, 19 19 through 20. It says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation. Everyone say foundation. This church situation, this church thing is built on a foundation of the apostles and prophets and Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, everyone say structure, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together. Everyone say together. You're not being built individually. You're being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I feel the need to bring the scripture up because I've also seen us abuse the argument of, well, I'm the temple of God. Because it's true, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But we're a piece of work. And we use that scripture of, we're the temple of God to basically think that we can just be anonymous churches, like not um, autonomous churches. Uh, like I'm a church because I house the house of God. I'm the house of God. But that's not the full gospel. The full, the full story is that, yes, we are vessels of the Holy Spirit, but the Lord is taking these vessels and building something together that's an even greater, uh, a greater uh, presentation of him than even you by yourself. The Bible doesn't say that people will know Jesus when they see an individual. They said the world will see Jesus when they see unity, when they see people built together according to the structure that the Lord has built. So when we come together, we are coming together to form this assembly that God is building. Nashville Life's not building this. Whenever we come to church, whether it's this church, whether it's any other church, Whenever you come together, it's the assembly that the Lord is building. He's building a structure. And I want to bring up the word structure really quickly. Are y'all still good? Okay. Uh, The definition of structure, the way that something is built, arranged, or organized. The way that a group of people are organized. For all of my ideas. I'm a Christian, but I'm not with organized religion, or I'm just not with the institution. I just love Jesus, but not with. There is no church that God has built without organization. There might be some churches we've gone to without organization, but there is no church that God has built without organization. So for the Christians in here that still have an aversion for the system, and for the order, and for the structure. You got to understand you're pushing up something against more than what you're pushing up against. You think you're pushing up against the man. You're pushing up against what God is building. You might think that you're just coming against human beings, but you're coming against the assembly that God is building. And it's so important for us to understand that this is something that's been laid for us 
And it's our job to steward it and multiply it, not to change it. Verse 20 says, the house of God is built on the foundation established by the prophets, apostles, and Jesus Christ himself. This is a lot more than just some folks in a room. This is an assembly that God, the creator of the universe, is assembling and building. And I just don't want us to to make the mistake of tampering with his efforts. You have to understand. I mean, imagine we've all been kids before, and we've had either Legos or sandcastles and different things that we have been building, and we've been putting time into it, and we know what it feels like when that sibling runs through and rocks it, and you've been working so hard on it. That sandcastle, and someone just, you know, catching a football, and they land in it, and their foot gets in it, and you put so much time into it, or that Lego set, or whatever that you're building, when we don't come to the Lord, it's like that. He's building something, and he goes, where's my window? Where's my, where's, and I'm over somewhere over there. It's like, I need, I need you for this part. I need you for this part. And when we, when we don't cooperate with this assembly that God is building, we're coming against what he's doing. And he's letting us know. That's why I believe it's inconsiderate. It's inconsiderate of God when we forsake the assembly, and it's inconsiderate with each, uh, from each other and to each other. And we have to fight this trend because the scripture already lets us know the trend of the last days. It says that the, the love of many Christians is going to grow cold. And the first signs of your heart getting cold is when you don't care about other people. And I think this is all torn, I think this is all together. And I believe this is why it's so important to be here because it keeps your heart warm. It keeps the love of God hot in your life. It keeps it stirred up. I've seen it happen. I've been in full-time ministry, well, not full-time ministry, but I've been a part of this church building for 10 years now, 11 really starting the year before. And I have seen it. It's like clockwork. The, this, the enemy's uh, method. He can't keep your heart cold as long as you're around. I've seen it. It can get a little cold, but it can't get fully cold as long as you're still here, which is why the first step is withdraw. Let me step back. And when you step back and you stop coming, and it makes it easier for you to, it, it creates an environment for your life where your heart can successfully get cold towards people that it used to be hot towards. So now I'm getting into how it benefits you. Because, yes, forsaking the, like, the assembly blesses your brothers. It spurs them on, but also spurs you on. And I've just seen it. You back up. Somehow the Holy Spirit told you you needed to back up. <laughs> Remember I said, guys, just because you're hearing it doesn't mean that it's God. There are many, not every voice in your heart is from Jesus. And I know that's hard to believe because you're full of the Spirit, but you can have other voices that are not of God. 
And we all, it's, it's the wind of abandonment. It starts off with, because it's deception. Satan doesn't go, hey, Alvin, I'm Satan. How about you stop coming for a while? He goes, hey, Alvin, I am the Holy Spirit. And I think it's probably wise for you to take time to refill. You need to refill. You know, you just, you need to, and that involves just taking a step back. You know, you really, you know, you need to spend time with me alone. I need to build your intimacy with me. So that involves not coming around so you can, so you can dwell in my presence and hear my voice and hear what I have for you. And we're like, yeah. I need to develop my intimacy. I really need to take a step forward in my theology. I need to, oh, and that and somehow the assembly is going to disrupt. It's going to disrupt your maturity process. Somehow the gathering is going to get in the way of what God really has for you. What God really has for you is over here in this corner called your couch. And that's where I'm going to have intimate time with you. So the aftermath is, hey, Brandon, you know, God has really been speaking to me. And I just think that the Lord is saying that I need to really have time with him alone. I need time with him alone because he is going to build me up to something. And I just, I just can't really be around right now. And then next thing you know, we wonder why the same heat and fire we used to have for each other is like a, it's gone. This is how, in my 10 years, this is what I've seen. No one has ever come to me and said, the devil is leading me away. Not a single time. It's always God. And granted, sometimes it is God from this particular ministry but God will never tell you to do something that his Bible says to not do. He will not contradict his word. Why would the same Bible that says to forsake not the assembly tell you that it's best for you to take a break from the group? It doesn't make sense, guys. Y'all have been listening to a different voice. And I, I hear the voice too, guys. I hear the voice too. But just because you hear it doesn't mean that you have to obey it. And the proof of that is because the Holy Spirit on the other side is going, no, don't go. Don't. And so we know how to hear something and not obey it. Because we do it sometimes with the Spirit. So just like you can disobey the voice of God, you can disobey the voice of the enemy. All right. We're, we're finished. Um, I do want to encourage you guys about something that I feel very strongly about, and it's, it's relevant to the assembly. Obviously, we have this assembly. But Nashville Life has other small groups that meet together that can help serve in this purpose as well. And those are our life groups. And we start uh, next week. Um, life groups are a great way for you to 
kind of experience uh, just different, a different format when it comes to coming together. Uh, life groups offer a place to connect, protect, and to grow. And these three things are what our life groups have. Now, all of our life groups have a leader. So, because remember, everything that we have has to resemble the structure, right? Everything that God builds has a structure. Now, they're not pastors per se. They're not, but they are people who have been trained. Every life group leader goes through a training. Every life group leader has been appointed and delegated by the authority of this church. They might not think of themselves as that. They might not really carry themselves as that. But just so you know, all of our groups have some sort of leader. And um, because we believe in organization, um, at the same time, we believe in it being organic and fun. So I would strongly encourage you guys to to add to this assembly on Sundays with going to a, with a group. We've got some that are virtual. We've got some that are online. We've got if you if you're married and you would like to find ways to strengthen your marriage and c- partner up with other married people and and connect with other married people. My parents are leading a great one for married people. We have men's groups. If you want to be around other guys, if we, we have women's groups, we have co-ed groups, we've got groups centered around prayer, we've got a nice variety. So you can uh, text join LG to 77411 and you'll see all the groups that we offer. And this is, these are instituted for the same purpose of the assembly, the reason why the assembly is. When we come together, we get to encourage each other, we get to spur each other on, we get to keep each other um, hot. And, and, and alive uh, regarding God and regarding what he's building. So I would really strongly encourage you guys to find a group and uh, commit to one. It's only for a semester. I think it's 12 weeks. And uh, I expect to hear great things from your experience at a Nashville Life Life group. I can truly say that everybody that's leading are people that I, I love. We, we feel awesome about our team of leaders this time. And... Um, I think you're in good hands. Uh, so that's where I want to just transition to ending and offering Jesus. I, I think it's, uh, I have two appeals that I want to um, give, but I want to pray first. Because we just heard a lot. <laughs> um, Father, we just take a second right now to um, acknowledge you. You are the builder of the church. Um, you are the, the one who made it possible for us to be here. You are the one who has given us uh, free, full access to your presence. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for tearing the veil to where now we can come to your house um, without any barriers, God. Um, Lord, we just thank you for access. We thank you for each other. We thank you for your authority. We thank you for the organization, the structure that you have given to the church, God. We thank you for the foundation that the apostles and prophets laid before us, God. We thank you for uh, including us into this this chapter of the church, this generation, Lord. We are the we are the torch bearers, Lord, for this generation when it comes to the church, God. I just pray, Lord, that, that you reveal to our hearts any ways that we can uh, participate in the assembly um, more faithfully. God, for, for those who, who don't come regularly, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they take a step and come regularly. 
Lord, I thank you, Lord, for those who come regularly, would take a step and, and contribute and, and give their talent and their, their times to, to, to what you're building, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for those who are serving and, and who are contributing, Lord. I pray that you challenge them to, to train others to do the same and to encourage others to do, this, to the, to do the same, Lord. All of us, from, from the first timer, Lord, to, to our founding pastors, all of us, and to, to me, we all have a next step that we could produce even more fruit than we have in the past. Lord, you say that people who produce fruit, you'll prune them so they can produce more fruit. God, so I just pray, Lord, that none of us, uh, none of us stop. None of us stop, but all of us progress to the next step regarding your church, regarding this assembly, regarding what you are building. Lord, we want to be... Uh, totally yielded to what you are building, God. Myself, uh, first and foremost, Lord, I just want to be uh, totally yielded, Lord. You are the head of this church, God, and I just pray, Lord, that you just continue to pour out your wisdom and your guidance as we steward this amazing gift that you've given to us and you've given to the world, and that is the body of Christ. Lord, I pray um, for those of us who... Um, who have those friends, Lord, who, who, aren't, who aren't coming, Lord, and who, who have convinced themselves that it's okay to, to not be around other believers. I pray, Lord, that you give us the, the grace and the conviction and the boldness, Lord, to, to, to challenge them, to invite them, Lord, not to condemn them, but to invite them, Lord, to invite them back to the, to the assembly, back to the group, Lord, back to the gathering, Lord, because... We need them, Lord, and um, they need us, God. And I just pray, Lord, for us to continue to grow together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, two appeals. One is to be at the assembly. That is the first appeal. Please don't forsake the assembly. Don't abandon what this is, this thing that God has um, organized. Um, and the second one is beautiful thing in the scriptures when we saw when we came together the bible says that more were added whenever we get imagine that imagine when we gather more being added to this this assembly and my prayer is that you would be added to this to the family of god today if you um feel like a stranger if you feel like an alien if you feel like someone that doesn't belong i'm here to let you know that you do belong i'm here to let you know that you are wanted, and I'll go as far to say you are needed. Some of you guys haven't heard that in a while. You are needed. You have value. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life in context to your individual life, but he also has a plan for your life in context to what he's building here. I truly believe that, and I just want to encourage you guys to, to understand the value that you have and that the one that can bring that value to life is Jesus. He's the one that can take your potential and realize it all. He's the one that can go take the promises that you have for your life and allow those promises to manifest. And you will see the blessings actually form in your life. So I'm going to just say a prayer. And I'm going to ask anybody who wants to receive Jesus today, anybody who wants to join the family of God today, anybody who wants to be added to this assembly that God is building today, uh, to repeat this prayer after me. Um, I'm going to ask us all to stand. 
And the way we do it here is even if you've asked the Lord before, uh, let's pray this prayer again. Let's pray this prayer so we can support those who are praying it for the first time. Um, uh, repeat after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's just praise God for his salvation, for his mercy, for his love, for his kindness, for the church. Hallelujah. If you said yes to Jesus, we have two people who are going to pray for We're going to, oh, great. Isaiah and Sam, they are here to pray for anyone who said yes to the Lord, anyone who needs prayer in any kind of way. These two here are here to serve you. You can also text us and let us know that you said yes to Jesus by texting belong. You belong to the family of God now. You are no longer on the outside. So text belong to 77411, and that way we can know who's been added to the assembly of God and to the family of God. If you would like prayer, like I said, Sam and Isaiah are here for you. You can also let us know online. You can submit your prayer requests at NashvilleLifeChurch.com, and we'll be happy to pray for whatever requests you have. If you would like to give, thank you in advance. We have our finance team in the back. You can give your physical offering on the way out, or you can text and give online. Thank you in advance for that. And then uh, that's about it, y'all. I love you. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I pray that God touched your heart. Um, we've got life groups. Don't forget to sign up. And let me pray. Uh, thank you again for today, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Bless these people. Bless your children. Bless your family, God. Bless this household, Lord. Send us home uh, safely, Lord. Protect us as we travel back home. And, Lord, let us be here, Lord, next week. And let's just see the assembly grow, Father. We know that you're building it, and we're here for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have an awesome, awesome day. Awesome. Have an awesome day.